With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Georgia Focus. I'm John Clark on the Georgia News Network. Right now, 1 in 10 people in metro Atlanta and north Georgia, let alone the rest of Georgia, don't have enough to eat. The Atlanta Community Food Bank works with more than 700 nonprofit partners, including food pantries, community kitchens, child care centers, shelters, and senior centers, to distribute meals to more than 1 million people estimated to be food insecure in 29 counties just across metro Atlanta and north Georgia. Today we're going to discuss the work of the Atlanta Community Food Bank, my guest is Kyle Wade. He is a CEO. Well, Kyle, let's talk about hunger in Georgia and the great need. I know Atlanta Community Food Bank serves a lot of people throughout northern Georgia. But first, let's address the situation with hunger in Georgia. What is it like? To start with, thanks for having me in this conversation. Our food bank, the Atlanta Community Food Bank, serves 29 counties in metro Atlanta, north Georgia. And uh, we work with a, a network of about 700 community-based organizations uh, that we supply with food, and then they get that food to people in need in their local communities. And uh, across that region, uh, right now, there are probably about 600,000 people, uh, roughly one in uh, nine uh, of our uh, residents in that region who face food insecurity. Uh, what that means is they uh, 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 often uh, don't have enough resources uh, to uh, provide all of the food that they and their families need uh, to live a healthy life. And they uh, depend upon uh, being able to access food uh, through the charitable network or through other kinds of alternative ways of getting food um, other than what they can afford to buy themselves. 600,000 folks, uh, it's a really significant population, a lot of kids, about 200,000 children, a uh, significant number of seniors, close to 100,000. So, you know, just a, a really big chunk of our population that is struggling to, to uh, provide all the food that they need. That is amazing. I, and I don't know, you know, I, I, I've, uh, I've worked at several food banks and have seen the the end the end result of that and it's amazing the need that i've seen and, and i've worked at several different ones and each one does things a little differently but i've seen your trucks come in and unload food and pallets of food wow. it's remarkable what you guys do on a daily basis it's a huge operation well yeah it's really grown pretty dramatically over the over the 40 years for uh 40 plus years that we've been around you know we were founded uh, in the basement of a church here in downtown Atlanta. Uh, that first year, uh, we distributed about 15,000 pounds of food. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure the team felt really great about that. Yeah. Um, today, you know, uh, we'll distribute 400,000 pounds of food today. Oh, man. Uh, 
Just and today so, alone, just the day we're having this conversation. Right. Oh, yeah. gosh. So, um, so that gives you a sense. You know, that's more than 10 tractor-trailer loads of food that are going to be leaving, you know, our distribution center and getting out into the community. So it's, a, as you said, a big operation. It's reflective of the widespread um, level of food insecurity in our community. And, you know, uh, for us to do that work, we really depend upon um, a big uh, kind of network of partners and volunteers and donors in order to do all the things that we need to do. Yeah, it's remarkable. The, the, I've worked at three different food banks uh, over the last few years, and, and all three are at churches, and all three are in different areas of metro Atlanta. The far reaches, closer into the city. And so is, is it largely uh, churches that are, that, that are your distribution points? Yeah, so the, the sort of organizations that um, uh, uh, get food from us and, and, and act as food pantries in the community are, are really diverse. Uh, about uh, two-thirds of them are faith-based in some form or fashion um, and uh, representing a variety of, of faiths and denominations um, and so there are a lot of churches, but there are also a lot of um, community-based nonprofit organizations, social service agencies. We work with schools. We work with after-school after school programs. You know, there's a whole uh, variety of types of programs that get food from us and, and then get it to people in need in their local community. And, you know, the wide range of people that come into them, um, it, it's different. I mean, it's... It, it is people of, of every race, even, you know, everything. I mean, all walks of life, every race, in some cases, every socioeconomic level to some extent. I mean, it is, it did me a lot of good, actually, to be honest, to go in and see the end result and see what was going on. And it really, it really hit home, you know, with me about the, the issue that we have. Do you hear that a lot? Do people say that? You know, wow, I really realize what a serious situation this is. Yeah, I think um, uh, for a lot of us, it is surprising how widespread the issue is. I, I think we want to believe that hunger is a relatively isolated thing, that it's a relatively small group of people who struggle with it. You know, in our country, we don't want to think that you know, that there's a huge chunk of people who are uh, really having a hard time. Um, but uh, I think that has shifted some in the last few years. The pandemic, um, you know, we all during that period uh, remembered seeing these long lines of cars, um, you know, on our yeah. television screens, uh, people waiting to get food. And I think it just highlighted how um, the how vulnerable so many of our neighbors are, how close to the line of needing help so many of our neighbors are. Uh, I mean, the, the reality is, and this is a, this is a broader kind of macroeconomic, uh, you know, point, yeah. is that there's a significant chunk of the population that are, are having a really hard time kind of um, doing more than just getting by mm -hmm. financially. And 
Uh, there are a lot of factors that go into that, um, but um, that's a big challenge. And so if you have a huge part of the population that's just kind of getting by, they're not really uh, building a big uh, cushion of savings, they're not really um, uh, operating with a lot of discretionary income, then, you know, when there are crises, when there are job losses, yeah. when there are medical um, uh, disruptions, disruptions in their lives, when uh, they face a, uh, a car breaking down or, you know, some other yeah. major repair on their house, then it can really tip a lot of people into now not being able to meet all their basic needs. So it's a, I think we can all relate to the time in our life when we needed help. There are more people that I think we'd all like to admit who are more vulnerable to needing help. And uh, thankfully, we've got this big network of organizations that work with us to get food to people in need so that folks can access that help when they need it. It really is remarkable. And, and you're right. Uh, you know, you have people, this one little thing happens in your life and, you know, it's it, it could be catastrophic. Have you noticed, well, I know the pandemic, have you noticed changes? Obviously, everything changed in the pandemic. Changes now? Are there, and then you, you well, you, you set the pandemic up with the current economy right now with inflation and all. Did you have the pandemic? Then it's like a bit of dip and then going back up during the pandemic. Discuss the timeline of, of what's been going on the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, great question. So, um, Obviously, during the pandemic, we saw a massive uh, increase in food insecurity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just so many people, you know, the economy kind of shut down there for uh, a good chunk of time. A lot of people lost jobs, lost income. So we saw a real significant growth in demand during the period of the pandemic. Uh, we increased our food distribution virtually overnight by about 70%. And uh, kind of stayed at that level really through uh, kind of the late spring, early summer of 2021. Yeah. Now, uh, in the back half of 2021, uh, as the economy kind of really rebounded, um, as people got back to work, there were a variety of federal programs that were in place. All of that really helped reduce demand for food assistance. And, uh, and we saw that in the volume of food we were distributing. Uh, but this, this year, as, as, as we got into like February, uh, and inflation really began to accelerate, uh, we've seen a steady increase in demand once again. Yeah. And in the last few months, we are basically back to pandemic era levels of uh, need in our community. Uh, we saw in the month of October our highest number of households yeah. uh, coming to our food pantry network in our history. Wow. So more than we saw during the pandemic. And we think it's directly related to the level of inflation, uh, the, the hard time people are having uh, with these higher prices for food and gas and housing and everything else. Wow. That's it, it is it's staggering. It, it really is a number of people that need. I think we think sometimes, you know, people that uh, lower income levels or, or, or poor, 
they get they get food stamps. They go to the grocery store and they're okay. But uh, you know that's not enough, I guess, sometimes, or they can't qualify for it. And those are some of the people you deal with too, then, right? Yeah. Well, uh, another great point there. Um, you know, you have to earn a less than a certain amount of income to qualify for food stamps, mm-hmm. uh, and um, and then based on your earnings, you know, you qualify for a certain amount of support um and so there are a lot of people who are just above that line of qualifying for snap who are just as vulnerable um you know to qualify for a family of four i think right now you have to have income below thirty-three thousand dollars a year well there are a whole lot of people making 35 40 45 50 thousand dollars a year uh in their total household income um who, once you factor in their rent or mortgage or, you know, the cost of gas and food and everything else, who are not able to meet all their basic needs. So there are a lot of people we're serving, uh, more than half the people we're serving, don't even qualify for food stamps because they have too much money. Yeah. Today we're discussing the work of the Atlanta Community Food Bank. I'm talking with Kyle Wade. He is the CEO of the Atlanta Community Food Bank. Kyle, I'm, I've been to your facility in Atlanta. It is remarkable. It is huge. Uh, a lot of stuff goes on in there, and a lot of a lot of food goes through there. Uh, discuss that facility. It's it's relatively new. It's only a couple of years old, right? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic. When I can, I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We, uh, um, several years ago, uh, kind of recognized that in the, in the facility where we used to operate, that we were going to have a hard time continuing to grow to meet the need in our community. Um, and we began a process to, um, design a new facility, find, find a new piece of property, um, raise money uh, to, to build a new building. Um, we knew at some point there'd be a crisis in our community and we'd have to respond to it. Um, and I uh, didn't know when that would be. We moved into this new building in March of 2020. And about a week after we moved in was when the economy shut down due to the pandemic. Um, and so we were really fortunate to have moved into this building when we did, um, uh, because it, you know, it really enabled us to respond to the pandemic, uh, at the level that we did. Yeah. Uh, this new facility is 345,000 square feet. So it looks like, you know, a large distribution center that you might see at Kroger or Amazon or, you know, some other large company. We have uh, 70,000 plus square feet of freezer cooler space uh, in this building. We have about 40 dock doors uh, to get trucks in and out of here every day. Um, and just, you know, it's a, it's a really large facility that gives us lots of capacity, not only to meet the need today, but to continue to grow 
uh, as we look to the future. It really is an amazing operation. I am fascinated by your whole logistics process when everything comes in there and then you sort it all out and figure it out and then you distribute it out to the hundreds of locations. Uh, discuss that and first, well, first off, where does your food come from into the distribution center? We have uh, sort of three basic uh, sort of buckets of uh, food sources. Um, so the biggest one is donated food, uh, and we get food donated from a variety of, of private companies and organizations. Um, you know, so big uh, grocery store chains, um, uh, distributors and manufacturers of food, farmers. Uh, we get a lot of uh, produce directly from farms uh, that's donated, uh, and a variety of other kind of food donors. Yeah. Um, that's 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 sort of the the largest category. It accounts for um, close to sixty percent of our total volume. Most of the time, the second bucket is uh, uh, stuff that we get through uh, federal uh, programs, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that bucket uh, uh, includes food that we're getting directly from the USDA that they're sourcing. You know, it could be surplus product that's out there in the marketplace. Other things they're doing to kind of provide price supports to farmers uh, and a variety of ways in which they're accessing food and getting it to us. Uh, that accounts for about 20%. Uh, and then we get uh, the last uh, bucket is food that we are buying. So we're purchasing uh, right now about 20% of our food volume, mm-hmm. uh, which is higher than it's ever been. We've been having to buy a lot more food to meet demand in our community because that demand is so significant right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we'll spend this year $20 million buying food. Really? Wow. I didn't realize you did that. That's something. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we have concerns about how sustainable that's going to be long term. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a huge part of what we do now. Yeah. How do you determine, because I know at the food banks, I mean, you do, you have, it's Publix, it's Kroger, Ingalls, Walmart. I mean, it's it's the big stores that that funnel food into you and you see when you go, you see, you know, meat and it's from Publix or something. How do you know where to go to the, the, the food banks tell you this is what we can use more of. How do you determine that has to be pretty intricate process? Yeah. So we certainly, uh, it's kind of a, uh, definitely sort of a give and take on Mm -hmm. the push and pull aspect, uh, how we think about the inventory we need to go out and get. So, on the one hand, you know, food banks came into being because there was a lot of, you know, there's a lot of food out there, surplus food that was just um, going to waste, uh, even though it was still perfectly good food. Uh, and so those kind of uh, sources of surplus in the food supply chain um, is how food banks got started. Uh, and so we're out there seeing what's available and, and trying to take advantage of it. Um, uh, and so part of the answer to your question is just, you know, we're going out to get food that's available at a, at a, uh, you know, that we can uh, access at a uh, kind of cost uh, that makes sense. Right. Right. Uh, uh, we're not going to go out and, 
you know, buy a bunch of, you know, high priced uh, beef, you know, sure, like sure. we're going to try to get food that um, we can provide at scale in a cost effective way. It's still really healthy and nutritious um, and high quality, but, uh, you know, that, that we can afford. Um, at the same time, we're also thinking about uh, how do we continue to enhance the nutritional quality of our inventory? Um, so right now, more than 50% of what we distribute is either fresh or frozen. Um, you know, so a lot of produce, a lot of dairy, a lot of frozen chicken and other uh, meats. Um, and uh, that's important because the families we're serving, they need the same kind of nutritional quality as the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're also getting input from our partners about, you know, the gaps in our inventory and, and trying to figure out how we fill as many of those gaps as we can. In particular, right now, we want to be um, uh, uh, creative and, and resourceful in how we are providing culturally relevant and appropriate foods. Our country and our region is becoming more and more diverse. Um, and, you know, we have yeah. the people we're serving are reflective of that diversity. Uh, we want to make sure we're providing food that makes sense for them uh, based on uh, their dietary needs, based on their culture, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. It, and I guess, do you, do certain regions re- require certain types of food as well? Do you, do you find more like more meat here and more produce in one area too? Cause I know you serve, you serve the Northern part of it, of, of Georgia basically, but there, there's still differences in regions, whether it's in, in the city or out in the suburbs and so forth. Do you find anything like that? Yeah, certainly some of that is reflected in the food that's available. So if you think about it, a, a big source of our, our grocery stores mm-hmm. And so the stuff that they're going to be giving us is reflective of the inventory that they carry. Uh, and in certain parts of the country, they're going to carry different things, you know, in bigger quantities than in other parts of the country. And so what we're distributing is, is to some degree reflective of that regional kind of set of preferences. Uh, that said, you know, our Atlanta is a real logistics hub. And so a lot of the food that we're able to tap into, you know, is reflective of, you know, it. it like there's a lot of stuff that's available in this region. And then we're going to go out and source things kind of outside our region. We don't, we don't have a lot of agricultural production right around Metro Atlanta. We have some, but not, not nearly as much as what you have in South Georgia or Florida or um, other parts of the region. And so we'll, we'll go out and source produce in particular uh, from some of those other areas. Well, I know that obviously you mentioned you're you're having to use a lot of money right now to buy food. There's a need for food, and there's a constant need. How can our listeners help you out? Uh, what are the best ways they can help you out? Whether it's donating money, food, volunteering. What are your needs? Yeah. So to get involved, you know, the the first step is always to go to our website. Uh, it's ACFB. That's Atlanta Community Food Bank. Org. Uh, and there you can uh, sign up to volunteer. That's a great way to support us. Uh, you can find a uh, food pantry that is uh, convenient to uh, where you live. Uh, and so you can uh, refer people, maybe who you know who need help, uh, uh, to a, a location by going to the website and finding it. You can also 
get involved in some of those local churches or food pantries. Um, which that's another great way to, to help out is to support some of those local organizations. Uh, and then uh, uh, the last thing to mention is you can support us financially. Uh, as uh, we talked about, um, our expenses are way up right now because we're buying food. Obviously, just like for you, all of us, the cost of gas, the cost of food, uh, the cost of um, uh, our payroll is way up compared to where it was uh, a couple of years ago. And so we need financial support to continue doing what we're doing. We're a really efficient organization. Every dollar that you donate to the food bank, we can it, it can help us provide up to four meals to a neighbor in need. Uh, so, you know, giving us financial support can go a long way and can make a huge impact in the community. Uh, and it will really help us, especially during this holiday season, uh, get food to people who need it. Well, I know we have also Giving Tuesdays coming up on uh, Tuesday, November the 29th, the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. You're participating in that as well, right? Yeah, so Giving Tuesday is a great day to support the food bank. Uh, we've got a, a local partner, Medlytics, uh, who's doing a matching campaign. They've done this with us for a few years now. And so on Giving Tuesday, because of the Medlytics match, every dollar you donate to us won't provide four meals. It'll provide up to eight meals because of that match. And so Giving Tuesday is a great day to really maximize your impact uh, with the food bank to maximize your gift. And uh, on that day, uh, we hope to raise enough money to provide a million meals or more uh, to people uh, in need uh, across the community. Great. Well, I'm, uh, let's hope uh, people respond to you. I'm, I'm so impressed by what you guys do, both uh, on what you do at your distribution center and at the endpoints that I ha- have experience with. It's it's much needed, and thank you for what you do. Just there are a lot of good folks out there trying to help people people eat. So thanks a lot, Kyle. I appreciate it, and uh, let's let's move our audience to action to help you out. Thank you so much. Appreciate having me, and enjoy the conversation. And that is Kyle Wade. He is the CEO of the Atlanta Community Food Bank. They really do remarkable work. If you want to help them out, you can visit acfb.org. Also, don't forget, Giving Tuesday is coming up the 29th of November. You can go to georgiagives.org to support the Atlanta Community Food Bank, so make sure you go there, helping out a lot of people right in your community, and they're helping them out with much-needed food. I thank Kyle for being on today's show. If you have questions or comments about today's program, you can email me, John Clark at georgianewsnetwork.com. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you next week right here on your local radio station on Georgia Focus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.